Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we invite you in to move how you see fit with our worship. Be pleased with our praise, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We lift you higher and higher and higher. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Early in the morning, our song shall rise to thee. Hallelujah. Glory to your mighty name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, 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 Jesus. Halleluj
glory to your name, Jesus. You spoke those words, let there be light, and it was old. In that same breath, the stars fell in line. With one voice, creation cries, you do all things well.
feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop when I see. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see
that's just who you are. Hallelujah. Because that's who you've been. Let's pray, church. Father in heaven, we declare today you are glorious. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. We are humbled and honored to be called your children, Father, because of all that you have done on the cross for us. We give you praise. We give you honor, Father. And you not only give us the ability to praise you today, but we will praise you for thousands and thousands of years, Father. We thank you, Lord. We behold your glory, Lord, today. We pray you lift up heavy hearts, strengthen bodies that are sick, Lord. And whatever temporary problems we go through, we know that you are with us. You are willing and you are able. So we praise you, Father. We ask that you would be with us and continue to be with us in this service. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. We will praise you for all eternity. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. My name is Irene. I'm on the pastoral team. Welcome to Connect Church. All about being connected. It is such a joy, isn't it, church, to be together in his house? It's like a joy like no other, isn't it? You can go to the mall, you can go out to eat, but when God's children get together, it is truly special. His presence is among us, and there is a joy like no other. And you know what? It's, there's sunshine today. Is anybody glad for the sunshine? Oh my goodness, we had so much cloudy rain all this week, but there's nothing like being in the house of God and have sunshine on top of it. So wonderful. So if you're a first or second time guest, we want to welcome you. Church, let's give a hand for our guests today. So thankful for you to be with us. And we're thankful for our worship team, aren't we? These, these, this team, they are not just gifted, they are anointed. Bring us into the presence of God. And we just love you guys. We're so thankful for you. And we want to say hello to all of you watching online today. And just as we sang that God is the way maker, the promise keeper, we're believing with you today online. No matter what circumstances you're facing, our God is with you. And our God is for you. And he is going to never stop working. Amen, church? Right. Well, speaking of that song, you know, I've heard that song a million times, right? It's such a beautiful song. But it really stood out to me today where it says, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Don't ask me to sing it, right? That is who you are. I'll just tell you the lyrics, right? And it reminded me of this passage. And if you want to look it up later, it's in Matthew 16, and it's in, I think it's Mark 8. And Jesus asked two questions of his disciples. The first one he says is, who do the crowds say that I am? The second question that he says, but who do you say that I am, right? And I love that about the heart of Jesus because, of course, he cares for the crowds and he feeds thousands, but his heart is toward you, church. He sees each and every one of his disciples, and his heart and his love is toward you, and he never stops working. Amen? So turn. It's time to turn and greet one another now, and before you take your seat, turn your attention to the screens.
Okay, good morning, church. Um, so just like PK said, I am just going to share with you a couple of ways um, that you can kind of get involved with the 5K. We've been taking some time to plan this thing, and it's kind of scary that it's in like two weeks. I'm like not ready for that, but I'm ready for it. Um, one of the main ways that um, you can actually come alongside this thing is through prayer. Um, prayer is huge, um, and praying now, praying during, praying after, praying for the runners, praying for people who are going to serve, um, praying that it doesn't rain, because right now I'm looking at rain, and I'm going, no, 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 don't, don't, please don't do that. You just rained for five days straight. Don't do it anymore. So um, just prayer is a huge, huge thing. Um, I find myself driving past Cooper River on purpose and just praying over it um, and just praying that, because it's beautiful there, but there is just something about covering that area and just, you know, just making sure that it is a place where people will be able to really feel God and see him in the trees and the water and just everything while they're running, while I'm watching them run because I'm not a runner. I, if, if I, let, uh, guys, I'm going to be real with you. If you see me running, you should probably run too because I only run if things are chasing me, so it's not a good look. So, yeah, if I'm running, y'all know it's probably a bad thing. So, uh, yeah, so I, I have really just been trying to take the time just to pray over the whole entire thing, so I'm going to invite you guys to do that with me. Um, another way is by serving. We have a lot of different areas um, where we actually could use help. Um, registration, whenever people show up, we need help there. Uh, we need help on the food truck as well. Um, and I will actually be out in the lobby after service today, and you can um, sign up with me there so you can see me after that. Um, a third way, you can give. If you're like me and running is not your thing, but you have an extra $5, you can skip Starbucks or something like that, we would love for you to do that too. That would be so helpful. That helps us continue to feed people and love people and be Christ to people, hands and feet, and, sh and just show love. Um, and lastly, you can run or walk if that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, I will be cheering for you very, very loudly. I will be covering you in prayer, but I will just be watching you do that, <laughs> as I've said. Um, and then the last thing that I just want to share is that we actually have had someone come forward who has been extremely generous. And so the first 10 people that meet me out in the lobby that have not already registered, I can get you signed up and registered and we will waive your fee today. So first time people who come see me after church, you can get a wave registration, right? Um, and yeah, we are super excited. Um, I cannot wait for it. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. That's all I got. Just a quick question for you. Yes, absolutely. Just a quick question for you, Steph. Um, how do we make sure that we remember all the things that you just said? Right. You know, where can we look it up so we know what time to be there? Absolutely. All those good things. So all over our social media, Facebook, Instagram, there are also postcards um, that you can find out in the lobby that has all of the information. It has the registration link. You'll find everything there as well. It has the date, has the time, has the location. Um, so we do have a couple of different options for you. All right, great. Let's give Stephanie and the... Thy Kingdom Come crew, a hand. It takes a great effort for all of us to, to take part in blessing the community. And I encourage you really to, to take a step forward in that. You know, as a leadership team, we believe that Thy Kingdom Come is just our first step into what we can do as a community here. 
There are more things that God wants us to do to bless the community, to change lives. And we've been sowing into this community through thy kingdom crumb, but there's more to accomplish, church. Amen? All right, well, let's, uh, let's get that on our calendars. We want everybody to participate as you can, so thank you so much. My name is Ron. I'm one of the, the pastors here at Connect, and I'm so thankful to be with you this morning. Um, you know, my, my family has been part of the church since the very first Sunday, which is now going to be 24 years next week. I can't believe it. It's been amazing. But this church is really just as we got planted into it, as we chose to be a part of it, as we chose to have our lives submitted to God and be a disciple of him, it's totally changed our hearts, changed our lives. And it's, it's a tribute to Irene and I, who are going to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary this coming year. Uh, so we couldn't have done it without being planted here, I can tell you that. Amen? Amen? You know, we are God's first responders. So that's what TKC is all about, being God's first responders. And the title of our message today, if you want to take that down, is If You Only Knew. You know, and what amazes me over the last year, I've been chewing on this um, about what Jesus did and what Jesus had to do to teach his disciples to step forward in what they were called to do after Jesus left the earth. Have you ever paused to understand that Jesus only had three and a half years, roughly, to accomplish everything that he did? You know, one president, we, we complain about what one president does in four years, but uh, Jesus had such a huge impact that lasted hundreds of presidents and global leaders. In those three years, he had to express the fact that he was God, right? So the very first thing that he had to do when he, come, when he came to earth was to help us understand that he was God Almighty, that he was the Word incarnate, who actually spoke all things into existence. He not only had to do that, he had to draw men and women to him to become disciples. And then he only had three years to teach them, like, hey, I'm not going to be around much longer. You're going to have to do what I'm doing now. And don't worry, I'm giving you the power and the authority to do it. He gives that same power and authority to us, church. That is available to us. You know, the worship team did an amazing job this morning to worship and praise our Lord and thank Him. Have we taken a moment this morning to thank Him for all that He's done in our lives? He's done so much, and he's impacted so many lives in just a short period of time. And he calls us today to follow him. So he asked his disciples questions as they went on the journey. And I really relate a lot to Peter, because Peter is a disciple that actually was a businessman first. God called him from his business to follow him. And so I just want to highlight today some things that I gleaned through these times that Jesus had with his disciples. So turn with me to Luke 5. 
And we're going to read this story about the day that Peter was called. And it says this, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of those boats, which was Simon's, Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep water and let down your nets for the catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat, James and John, come over and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, and he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. They were amazed. They'd never seen such a catch of fish, which they had just taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they put them aside. They forsook all, and they followed him. Let's pray, church. Lord, we're just so thankful for you today. We're thankful that as we came to worship you today, you inhabited the praise of your people. You are here right now in our midst, Lord. And though we may be tired and weary from the week, Lord, we just pray right now and thank you that you provide all things to our lives, that you are Lord and Savior. Through your example, we can learn to live, learn to love, learn to grow, and learn to be with you for all eternity. So, Lord, we pray that you open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds to understand what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, isn't it fascinating? This boat was empty, and Jesus came and said, I'm going to take that boat, Simon, come over here, take it out with me. You know, a lot of times we see um, our daily lives as being empty somewhat, as toil, as an occupation. You know, we call what we do, we, you know, we go through years of training to, to have an occupation in life. But God wants us to understand that, and this is what he was teaching Peter in this moment, that I could give you the things that you have And give you a new purpose to use them. I want you to go beyond just occupying your life. To being in a place where you have purpose. Where the resource is not what you're after. But the purpose beyond the resource. And how the resource can be used to bless other lives. So Peter saw the boat as a tool of his daily life, right? He kept it clean. 
The Bible said that he and his, and his uh, colleagues were washing the nets. They tried all night, and they couldn't catch a thing. So Peter's view of his life at this moment before Jesus stepped into the boat was one of occupation. He knew the skills that he required to fish, right? He knew how to run a business. He had others that worked with him. And on the daily, they went out, they fished, they caught sometimes, and sometimes they didn't catch. But his focus was on understanding where he fished, gaining experience for that, and just making some earnings. Finding the fish, selling them, consuming them so that his family would have something. Jesus' view of that boat was a platform. He stepped into it. He spoke the word from it. And in that moment, it touched lives out on the shore. Then he told Peter, okay, now I saw that you didn't catch anything all night, so go out. And he blessed the vessel with an abundance of fish. Peter was focused on resources. He told Jesus, I toiled all night. I tried my best, but I didn't catch anything. I really need that fish. I need it to feed my family. I'm frustrated. I didn't get anything accomplished. But Jesus said, hey, I just sat in the boat with you. You just saw me speak the word. And in that moment when Peter was told to put his nets out. He said, because I heard your word, there's something different about this moment. He put the nets out. He obeyed the word, and something happened. He recognized that Jesus was the source of life, that he no longer had to rely on the resource, but that the resource was just the benefit to following the source of life. Jesus was the word made flesh. And as he spoke, Peter was sitting in the boat listening to him speak. And something in his heart changed. He was tired, he was weary, but yet he heard what Jesus had to say. And he said, I am going to listen to you. And then he realized when he caught all of that fish, that he needed more in his life. That he could no longer be recognized as a fisherman, that he really wanted what God had for him. So Jesus said to him, come follow me, and I will make you a man fisher. You've been a fisherman. You've been focused on that fish. But now I want you to be a man fisher. I want you to be an influencer. You have a business. You have skills in your life. I want to take those skills. I want to utilize them and help you to understand that life is not just temporal. Life is not just going through the storms, going through the nights of fishing. Life is eternal, and I'm here to provide it to you. Just come and follow me. This reminds me, you know, Peter's circumstance reminds me of one of my life scriptures. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said to us and said to his disciples, Come to me, 
all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Church, have we focused so much on the occupation of our lives that we're forgetting who God is and the goal that he has for our lives? You know, that word gentle and humble in heart means to be meek. The Greek word praos means the necessary balance of exercising power and avoiding harshness. Prowse, the necessary balance of exercising power and avoiding harshness. Isn't that a good picture for us? Jesus wants us to come and follow him. That requires us to learn, to understand who he is. And I love this picture of being yoked to him. It, it's a picture of two oxen. A younger one and a stronger one, putting on a yoke, walking side by side together. This is the way that God wants us to follow him. It's a side by side journey that he wants us to go on with him. You know, we're taught all of our lives to, to build up our skills, to build up our experience, to, to understand what to do so that we can have an occupation but those occupations and the ways that we're taught, you know, it, it causes us to want to have pride in our work and to measure our accomplishments. So Peter started out this day measuring his day as being one that accomplished nothing. And yet God said, do not be afraid. Come and follow me. And I will make you fisher of men. Don't be afraid. Even though you've gone through tough times, even though you feel like you're inadequate in your skills, in your talents, I want to take what you are, who you are, and bring you higher, bring you to a new place, bring you to a life of faith, a life of, of, of joy, a life of peace, a life of living in my grace and understanding. That there is an authority that I'm going to grant you. So he said to Peter, come and be a fisher of men. So the question for us today, church, is are we asking the Lord to be with us in our purpose? To guide our tasks and decisions? And to be a blessing? Or are we working just to meet our needs? And this was one thing that Peter transitioned in this moment but then he had to learn how to be a man fisher all of his life he's lived with the same friends he's lived in the same community he fished in this one sea the sea was quite large but he had to know every inch of it so he stayed around the communities that he was a part of so he learned how he could extract the fish that would benefit or sustain him he learned how to develop himself professionally. He learned what skills he can have to fish properly, right? But what Jesus was teaching him and what he's teaching us today is what and how I can sow 
Peter sewed his boat so that Jesus could use it as a platform to then bless other people, right? How can I impart a blessing? Jesus imparted a blessing into Peter's life that day so that he could manage the next three years. He caught enough fish that his whole group was astonished. And then he had the freedom to follow Jesus that day. Being a man fisher, we understand that how, and Jesus wants us to understand, how can I bless the community that I'm a part of? There was so much fish that they caught. There were people on the shoreline. There was an opportunity for blessing that day. And then as a man fisher, what direction a word could I provide today? Jesus provided a word to the people, and he provided a word to Peter to follow him. So that was just the start of the journey of Peter and the other disciples that day. The next thing that Jesus had to do was teach Peter how to become a man fisher, how to interact with other people. As I said, he, he spent most of his life with other fishermen, with his family. He didn't really know how to interact well with other types of people. So one of the first encounters that Jesus and Peter had when they left the boat and Peter started to follow was he encountered a leper, a man that, according to society, was someone that could not be touched, that someone who was so sick that he was an outcast. He had to live outside of the community. Jesus in Luke chapter 5 went to that leper. He touched him and healed him. The first image of what Peter saw Jesus do after they left the shore. He then went and forgave and healed a paralytic man. Again, another person that's just sitting on the side of the road. Most people would just walk by. How many of us, you know, drive by the people with signs saying, help me, I need some food today, and not pause to, to give them something? God desires for us to really be seeking out with our hearts to, to reach and touch other people that are in need. And he was teaching Peter and the disciples in this moment that they also have the power to heal. Both of these men were sick, and Jesus, through his word and his power, healed them. Exampling again who we are as disciples, ones that are first responders, as I said earlier, first responders going out to the community and touching and healing. Then the next thing that happened was Jesus called Matthew the tax collector. And it says that Matthew had his tax collection booth by the sea. So Jesus actually brought into the group someone who was extra grace requiring for Peter. Because as you can imagine, Peter every day 
on the days that he was successful, he might have been trying to like sneak around the tax booth and say, I'm not going to encounter Matthew today. Matthew could have been the very man that was asking Peter, hey, I saw that huge catch. Where's my taxes? Right? Matthew was someone that was different than Peter. And I'm sure we all have people in our work, in our families, that are the extra grace-requiring people. How many of us have those people? God wants us to live with them, not to avoid them, but to actually learn how to live with them. Because there's going to be a day when that person needs a touch from God. And you, with your extra grace, those little drops of extra grace, suddenly become an instrument of God's grace in their lives. Peter had to learn this. The other disciples had to learn this. Matthew was so excited to be called that he actually threw a party. And he invited even more tax collectors and and more people from the community that the Pharisee called sinners. And Jesus enjoyed that feast with Matthew and told the Pharisees that, hey, these people are celebrating with me. The bridegroom is here, and it's time to celebrate. There's grace that's available and something that's available for our lives. So when we view people that aren't like us, the question for us, church, is are we asking the Lord how we can love our enemies, quote-unquote, and those that are different than us, or are we choosing to avoid those encounters? Let's chew on that. And learn from that. Jesus then took his disciples on a journey. They traveled through Samaria, which is actually a, a, a country that was different, that, that the Pharisees avoided, you know, as a, a different sect of Judaism uh, who live in Samaria. And Jesus wanted to show the disciples that being part of a different community, to go to a place that's different than where they currently resided so that they can also bless that community and change lives. And Jesus in this time went to the well. We know the story, uh, Pastor Kyle just taught on it not too long ago, about the woman that came to the well in the afternoon. And Jesus approached the unapproachable. This woman was also trying to avoid other people. And Jesus chose to reach out to her and actually approach her. And it says in John 4 that she, she asked the question, you know, how, I'm sorry, in this moment of being at the well, the woman had asked Jesus, you know, why are you interacting with me? And Jesus said, you know, could you draw me a cup of water? And the woman recognized that Jesus was dressed in rabbinic clothing, that he was a teacher. She even said, good teacher. So she understood that he was someone like a Pharisee. And why would he want to interact with her? And Jesus answered her in that moment and said, if you knew the gift of God 
If you knew who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Church today, if you knew the gift of God, what is the gift of God? It's the source of living water. It's the Holy Spirit. It supplies our thirst rather than a momentary quenching of our thirst. It's an ever-present river that flows in our lives. And it's available to us today. Jesus is the way maker, the one who can make a way for our lives. And through the sending of the Holy Spirit, when he left earth, he said, I am going to give you a helper, someone who could go with you moment by moment, day by day, so that you can sense that I am living and walking alongside you. I am yoked with you. And you can sense that through the power of my Holy Spirit. So that's a gift that God gives us. And then Jesus said, if you knew the gift giver, if you understood his nature, then you wouldn't be asking me, why am I talking to you today? Because Jesus' heart is for all people. He desires for none to perish, but for all to come to know him and to have eternal life. That's why he came to earth, church. That's why he gave his body. He gave his very being and broke it so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we wouldn't have to face the same punishment that we could have had he not come or had I not chosen to love and serve him. He is the gift giver today, Lord, church. And he desires for us to understand his nature as disciples. He said later on, whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become as a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Lord wants us, the Lord wants us to have this fountain of life flowing from our hearts into the lives of other people, into our own lives and the lives of others. So you could see here Peter learning through this situation that toil and work and occupation is an old viewpoint. Purpose, living in the spirit is the new direction for him to step by step follow after Jesus. Amen? Amen? The Lord was asking her this question to cause her to think. To think differently about who he represented, who he was. Oftentimes we may face things in life that we don't quite understand in that moment. God brings those things into our lives so that we pause to ask the question of him. Lord, what do you want me to do here in this moment by your spirit? So are we, church, are we asking the Lord for the source of the water and not just a drink of it? Today, church, you know, it's, it's okay. And I, I, I love the times that we spend together here on Sundays. We had an amazing time of worship. We're having an amazing time together of fellowship right now. Hearing from the word of God. 
But if we only rely on these Sunday morning moments, church, we're just taking a sip of water. We're not living in the fullness of what God wants to do in our lives. We want more than just a sip. We want this water flowing in and out of our lives. And it is available to you today, church. Even if you feel weary today, that word that Jesus said to us, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. He wants us to receive that today, church, today. So for anyone here that has felt that kind of turmoil, either through your work, through your daily life, or through your relationships, pause for a moment. The Lord has something for you in these times. His disciples came back and thought that he was hungry. They, had, they traveled a long way to get to this well, and they had left to find food for him. And they said, Jesus, you have to eat right now. And they, they saw this encounter with the woman, but Jesus said to them, listen, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus, again, was giving a new perspective of nature, not just the resource, not just the food that can sustain me, but it's the spirit of the Lord that can allow me to do his will. He taught his disciples, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's how he taught them to pray, right? That's how he teaches all of us to pray. As your will is in heaven, so may it be done here on earth. Church, we are conduits of his will. I said to you earlier, first responders, right? We can pray into existence here on earth the Lord's will. For our lives and for the lives of others. That's what our role is as a disciple. To recognize where Jesus is leading us. To follow in his footsteps. And then to pray for his will to be done. So that hearts and lives can change. Amen. We know that Peter for years was a fisherman. So another way that Jesus taught Peter and the disciples was how to navigate storms. You know, after this time, and you know, there were several times where they had to traverse the Sea of Galilee from one side to the other. You know, Samaria was on the other side from where their hometown was, so they often went back and forth. And there's several, several stories about what happened in those storms. But let me pause for a moment. Peter was a fisherman. Andrew, James, and John, I think they knew how to handle the sea, right? They lived in the sea with their boats for years and years and years. They knew every nook and cranny of where to fish. Yet in the middle of some of these storms, they were still afraid. One time, Jesus was on the boat with them, and while the storm was happening, he was sleeping. He's sleeping in the middle of the storm. 
The disciples actually woke him up and said, Lord, we're perishing. We're going to die. We need you to do something to help us. These are professional fishermen. You know, I think some of us have saw, like, on Discovery Channel, like, the greatest catch, you know, and the, and the types of waves and the things that those people navigate through. These are those kinds of fishermen. They understood the sea. Yet they were so afraid in that moment. They were trying to wake Jesus up. Another time, he stood, so after he woke up, what did he do? He spoke the word, peace, be still. And then he said to them, hey, you saw me sleeping in the boat. Why were you so afraid? If I'm sleeping in a boat and there's a storm going on, I'm sleeping. It's going to pass. It's not as big as you're making it out to be. How many times do we have issues in our lives that, you know, confrontations at work or a project that we think is not going to finish? It's, it's, it's not going to go well. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to have this problem with this person because we've had this fight. And, and we just get all worked up about it. But when we apply the word into that moment, all of a sudden things are at peace and there's a calm. There's there's a forgiveness, like you go to that person that you had a conflict with, and if you treat it biblically, there could be reconciliation. There could be a change in that moment. That's what Jesus was teaching these men in the middle of the storm, these professional sailor fishermen. And Jesus walked on the water another time in the middle of the storm. He actually aligned the molecules of water under his feet. Because he spoke all things into existence. Church, he knows. We, hear, we say it often when we pray. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He saw us in our mother's womb when we were formed. Jesus knows everything. He was in the beginning the word that said, let there be light. Let there be form to the light. Let there be animals and let there be Adam and Eve and all of that stuff, right? He was the word that spoke all things into existence. He was able in that moment as he walked on the water to line the molecules of water under his feet. And then he did the same for Peter. He said, Peter, come out of the boat and walk toward me. And Peter saw him for who he was, the creator. He saw him as the creator. And he was able to do the same thing for a moment, align the water molecules under his feet. Until he saw the waves and the storm and, and he lost focus of who Jesus was. So he learned something in that moment, right? And he, even after one time, Jesus, in, one of the, in, in the book of John, it says that Jesus came into the boat after walking on the water. And the storm and everything calmed down. And they were instantly transported to the other side of the lake. This lake was 13 miles in a circumference at, at the widest point. There is a possibility that they were in the middle of this way. It says that they were fishing, they were rowing the boat for three or four miles and Jesus caught up to them. And then when he got in the boat, they instantly went to the other side. This is the kind of God that we serve. We have to understand that he is the creator, the author and finisher of our faith, that he can 
draw all things into existence for his will. He wants to work his will in our lives. So Peter had to learn how the living word can change his experiences and his understanding of how to navigate through the storms. Church, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the darkness, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The word, the word that is Jesus, even to the division of soul and spirit, the word is sharper and more powerful. The word helps us to separate these emotional times, these times when we have conflict in who we are, in our soul. We get all up in our emotions and worry and concern, but the word is what divides that and separates that and says, here's what the spirit says. Here's how you can have peace. Speak the word, for it's sharper than anything that you're facing right now. It says, of joints and marrow. It even cuts through those one-on-one -on -one relationships that you have with people. It brings grace. The word allows us to connect with other people that we're not able to connect to without the word. And it's also the discerner of thoughts and intents of our heart. So it helps us to recognize as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Are we speaking the word so that our heart can discern when our thoughts are good and when our thoughts are not good? And whether our intentions toward other people are good or not. That's what the word does. So Peter had to walk in the same way, church. He had to understand and he saw through these various circumstances that Jesus spoke the word and it calmed the sea. That Jesus recognized that he was the author and finisher of all things here on earth. And so he was able to walk on the water. And then he also learned that when a storm comes that he needs to learn and grow in, that he could sleep and find rest in the middle of it. Not all storms, not all storms are ones that are from the enemy or from circumstances. Some storms are meant for us to grow, to learn how to live life, to strengthen our skills. I, I remember one time reading about palm trees and we recently saw um, some devastating storms come through, but many of the palm trees still remain standing. And that's because in the middle of a storm, when they, wait, when they shake back and forth in the high winds, it actually encourages the growth of the palm tree to reach deeper in its roots and get stronger. That's why all those palm trees continue to grow and flourish, even in the midst of hurricanes. I think we can learn something from that today, right, church? Peter had to learn how to live and exist in this storm. It says in Psalms 9 that the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. 
a refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwell in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. God wants us to declare his deeds. He wants us to recognize that when those storms come, he is our refuge, even if that storm continues. The winds may be howling all around this church. The waves may be crashing. It may look like a horrible circumstance. But Jesus showed us a way how to navigate through his will. He walked on the water. He had each molecule of the earth serve his purpose. Even the molecules serving his purpose, church, that's what he is willing to align and do in our lives as we serve his purpose for the resource to be available, to be used for his purpose, for our lives to grow and develop, to be used for his purpose, for his spirit to flow from us into the lives of others and in our own hearts. And when we choose to follow him, we choose to walk in his steps. And then we can gain understanding and awareness of what he wants to do. The Holy Spirit gives us the discernment to actually take those steps to walk. The word gives us a light unto that path to help us step by step understand where Jesus is taking us. And then he gives us the power to enact the truth of his word in our hearts and in the moments that they need to be interpreted. We may go through that storm, church, but in the moment where we're to be through it, he will give us that opportunity to give us the power to enact that truth that we need to get through that moment. Church, we're called to live as people who know that he is Lord. That's what disciples are. We know that he is Lord. We call upon him in good times and in bad, in great circumstances and not good circumstances, to understand that when our will is aligned, when we're asking the Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, Lord. Make us have a right standing with you again. That blood that you've poured out for my life is available for me to be forgiven and cleansed. He desires for us to have his spirit flow as a living spring out of our hearts today, church. His love, his healing, his provision, his grace is sufficient for us. It's all that we need. I think in the last couple years, the, the challenging time for us is we, we've been sequestered. We've been, uh, we, we, we had a time where we had to live by ourselves. And in that time, there came opportunity for us to get distracted to the left and to the right, to, you know, what to do about our jobs, what to do with our, our moment-by-moment living. And God wants us to come back to this place of recognition that he wants us to live step by step as a follower 
living out with this living water sp- springing up from our hearts. And he has that available to us. You know, Peter went through this time at the end, Jesus' last moments on earth. And Peter had denied Jesus, and he felt very badly about that. So there was, he, it was like he didn't know what to do next. But Jesus came back to him in that moment. He came back to him, and he reminded him of his purpose Feed my sheep. Love my people. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Today, church, God is asking us, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? His love, his healing, his provision, and his grace are all sufficient. We can stop sipping from the well if we choose today to have him be a part of our lives moment by moment, yoked together with us. As part of being a disciple, Jesus said, Jesus called his 12, and it says in Mark chapter 3 that he appointed these apostles that they might be with him and that they might send him out, that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Church, that is part of what we're called to do as followers of him, as disciples. That word power means excusia in the Greek. It's a conferred power. It's delegated empowerment. And it's allowing us to, in our designated realm of authority, to go forward. To go forward and be a part of who he is through that conferred power. And that word means, that word preach in the Greek means charisio, which is a public announcement in an official capacity. Church, we're called to be in an official capacity as his disciples. And that's what he's calling for our lives today. Romans 10 says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who being glad, being glad tidings of good things. God wants us to understand that it's beautiful to follow him. It's beautiful to follow him. He wants us to go beyond occupation into a life of purpose. He wants us to be able to recognize that we're called not just to be part of people that we're comfortable with, but people that we need him, that are outside of our own extended community at times. And then church, he wants us to be able to navigate the storms in life, whether that be by resting and listening to him, whether that be by speaking the word, whether that be by commanding his authority in the place where we are. That's what he wants for our lives today. 
Jesus healed as he went, as he moved through the land. He touched people's lives. Everywhere he went, people followed him who needed a touch from him for healing and for breakthrough. And I sense today, as we started in worship, that there are people here that need a touch of his healing power. It's available for you today, church. He desires to heal and touch all who are infirm today. And I'm believing right now the Holy Spirit is here in our midst. He wants to do a new thing in our midst right now. He wants to bring healing to people who need that touch today. So I would like to pray for everyone who has that need for healing right now. And then we're going to pray also for those of us who heard that call today to join with him and follow him. But first, if there's someone here that needs healing today, would you raise your hand so that the people around you could pray? I see your hands, see your hands, see their hands. Everyone who's around you, please, let's, let's look at who's, who's raising their hands. Let's all pray together for those people. Jesus, we thank you today. We thank you that you are in our midst right now. That you can align the very molecules of our body. That you are the great physician. You know how our nerves, how our muscles, how our heart, our lungs, our organs, how they all work, how they all move, how they all have their being right now. And we speak health into every cell, every blood cell, every matter here today, whether it be nerve, bone. Heal, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we stand on your word today, which is sharper than any two-edged sword that can separate joints from marrow. We understand that your spirit can actually come in and heal joints, can heal marrow, can heal cancer and disease. We say in the name of Jesus to that disease that may be in this room right now, be gone in the name of Jesus. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you are touching lives right now. We thank you, Lord, that your body that you came to earth, you chose to come to earth to live this life so we can understand how to operate and work in your authority, Lord. We understand that you have all authority over this earth, Lord, but yet you chose to have your body broken so that we can be forgiven and restored. So we pray for all of these circumstances and situations of health this morning for those who are online and watching today may the spirit be with you as the roman centurion came to jesus jesus is able to heal even from afar so today we speak life and health to you as well this morning in jesus name church let's give god praise for what he's doing in healing in our house today in jesus name And maybe you came here today and like Peter, 
You've been toiling. You've been working. You've been occupied. God wants to do a new thing in your heart today. He wants you to move from a place of occupation to a place of living in his spirit. He wants to set you free from the cares of this world to understand that they're temporal, to grant you something that's eternal. And he did that for each and every one of you here today. He gave his life so that we can be forgiven of our sins, so that we can be set free, so that we can walk and follow him each day. So church, will you join with me? Will you hear these questions in your spirit today and choose to no longer slip, sit from the well of life? Choose to take part in having that well spring forth from your heart. You can do that today if you just ask the Lord to be your Savior, to forgive you for all of your sin. And He will come and cleanse you because His sacrifice was perfect for all of our lives. He bore the weight of our sin on the cross. And then He buried it, He cast it down so that we could be restored and have right relationship with Him as we choose to follow Him. So church, for those of you who desire to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I just ask that you pray this prayer of faith with me. Dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I come to give you my life. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I ever will be, I give to you now. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I thank you for cleansing me today. I thank you for putting me on the path of your grace and mercy. And I thank you for giving me your word that empowers me to walk from here to eternity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, church, thank you for allowing me to share today. It's been a great morning with you. If you want to have a personal time of prayer with someone, I have my lovely wife, Irene, um, Pastor Rick, if you could also be available. Just reach out to one of us and we would be happy to pray for you, for your healing today. And if you made that choice to follow Jesus, we celebrate that with you. That's awesome. So glad that you made that decision today. You know, we would like to give you a free gift uh, as you made that decision. We have two books here that are written by Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick, wave your hand. 
Um, a lot of us know you, and we're so thankful for these gifts that you've given to the body of Christ here. So The Surprise of Your Life is a book that helps you navigate that decision that you made today if you're an adult. And then there's also letters to Gen Zers that is also for younger generations to navigate and learn from their decision that they made today. Amen. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your loving kindness, Lord God. We choose to love you today. We choose no longer to sip from your well, but we desire for your living water to flow in our lives today. It is available to us moment by moment, day by day, as we choose to be yoked with you, Lord. You said that we could come and follow you, that we could come and learn from you, that you are willing to give us this quiet power that could allow us to walk through circumstances, to be a light for your glory to other people today, Lord. So we pray that from here that we go forth, we ask that you would touch every situation that we're a part of. If there's that person in work that we know has been hurting, Lord, give us that opportunity to share with them, Lord God. Give us the opportunity to, to share your faith with them, Lord, to actually pray with them, to pray for them, Lord. We know people in our lives that need a touch of your healing power, Lord. So we pray and we thank you that we could be your advocates. We could be your ambassadors. We can go into those places and touch those people and your healing will make them well. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just desire for that, that spirit to be flowing ever so strongly moment by moment in our lives, Lord. And I, I speak to distraction. I speak to those things that distract us. They're frivolous. They're meaningless. Lord, following you has meaning, has life. Just like everybody else, I'm thankful that the Phillies won the first round of the playoffs last night, but that is not a purpose for us. We choose today, Lord, to put aside things that we have been coddling things that we've been nurturing in our lives that take away from who you are, that take us away from who we can be. God, you desire for us to be a light and a witness. You said to us to go forth, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You cause us and ask us to speak your good news to all people. So, Lord, we choose to do that today as one body in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. So, I'm going to ask Pastor John, <laughs> who's down here. Thank you for ministering today, Pastor John. But we'd like to continue this um, service this morning with our worship and giving and tithes. Right? Yeah. You know, as Pastor Ron was sharing this morning, wasn't that a beautiful word? No, that was a timely word for many of us. And as he was sharing, I was thinking about, he, he was referencing, I feel like, it was such a beautiful tie-in between what we sang this morning and what, what God had him share. And the thought of how God is our way maker. 
And I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, it's easier for me to see him as a way maker in some of the intangible things. So like someone needs healing. Well, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the steps that are required for that to come. I can more easily see him as a way maker than maybe something in my finances where I have numbers in front of me. I'm like a very factual person. So when I look at my, my budget, I'm like, oh, there's numbers. These numbers don't add up to what they need to add up to. And I think that it can be easy sometimes to see him as Waymaker in some areas and not in other areas. Yeah. And I have had times of plenty and I have had times of lack. And the thing that I have learned in that is that if I don't give him the opportunity to be the Waymaker, he's not going to do it because I'm not looking at him for that. And I just want to encourage, I feel like a specific group this morning that maybe are starting to take that step out in faith and finances. He is Waymaker. But sometimes it's that thing where we have to take that step before we can see it. Sometimes it's that trust moment where he's saying, trust me, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Trust me. And this I know. He's not going to be a waymaker in some area and not in other areas. Yes, he is the waymaker. He is the promise yeah, keeper. Right. He is the light in the darkness. That is who he is. Amen, church? So I, I was supposed to say this at the beginning. I'm sorry. I never get this order right. Um, if you, Manny, if you could put up the slide on the screen. There's different ways to give. One is by scanning the QR code. If you don't get this QR code beforehand, it's on the slides afterwards. It's also on a little sticker on the kiosk screens. Uh, or not screens, on the kiosk insets. There's offering envelopes around the room. But I just want to thank you, church, for our giving. Because it does change our community. It does change what we're able to do. We had the opportunity uh, on Friday to bring the truck up, to bring our TKC truck up, and really give to a community that was in need. I know Pastor Kyle mentioned it last week, but there was a young man that was on a football field, and he had a traumatic brain injury, and he passed away there. And we got to take the truck up because of our giving, and we got to feed those, those teammates. And... One of the things that I was amazed by was that they kept coming up and saying thank you afterwards to us. Like, man, that was so good. And I just kept pointing at Melissa and saying, that's the chef. She's the one who made it. I didn't do anything. Um, but it's because of our giving. It's because of moments like this that our community is different as a result of it. So thank you for continuing to give. Thank you for worshiping our God together this morning. And Pastor Ron, I'll hand back over to you. Thank you, church. So let's go forth, let's live out what we learned today, and remember next week is church birthday, we're going to celebrate together, have a great time together, and don't forget to sign up for the Walk Run 5K, uh, it will be a great benefit to our community. Thank you church, love you, have an awesome Sunday and an awesome week, God's with you.